This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, a record number of illegal border crossings in the U.S. and a growing network of corruption preying on migrants as they try to cross Mexico. The U.S. has a new rule for inbound travelers from China. That's in response to the massive COVID-19 outbreak there. We take a look at the measure taking effect January 5th. Ukrainian President Zelensky meets up with BlackRock chief executive Larry Fink. The investment company is advising Ukraine on structuring funds for rebuilding the war-torn country. Elon Musk announced a new Twitter policy yesterday that is to follow the science, which includes a reasonable questioning of science. And a decluttering specialist gives us some advice on how to take the first step and how to make it easier. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning. I'm Evelyn Lee. It's Thursday, December 29th, and it's been a tumultuous travel experience for Southwest Airlines customer this holiday season. The airline canceled more than 5,000 flights between Tuesday and Wednesday alone. Now, American Airlines stepping in to try and help stranded travelers to get home. The company says it will place price caps on some of their flights and the prices vary by location. Southwest does not have agreements with other carriers to allow passengers to rebook with different airlines. There were other airlines posting last-minute flights, but they cost thousands of dollars. Heading overseas, a large fire on a South Korean expressway on Thursday killed at least five people and injured nearly 40 caught in heavy traffic. Local fire department video shows a soundproof awning engulfed in flames soon after the fire broke out near the capital Seoul. The heavy traffic made it difficult for vehicles to escape the affected area as the fire spread. A witness reported hearing a loud blast. Media said the fire appeared to have begun after a bus and a truck collided. But a fire official at the scene said its cause was still being investigated, although the fire had been put out. Altogether, 44 vehicles were destroyed. And back home, the U.S. is imposing new rules for travelers coming from China in response to the COVID-19 outbreak there. Passengers will need to have a negative COVID test result within two days before flying or documentation of recovery. This new rule takes effect on January 5th. It applies to all passengers from China regardless of nationality or vaccination status. Here's NTD's Tiffany Meyer with the story. The move comes as several countries place restrictions on tourists from China. On Tuesday, Beijing said it would soon allow Chinese citizens to travel abroad. This as the virus cases inside China hit an all-time high and with hospitals and funeral homes overflowing. U.S. carriers are also weighing their options. United Airlines said it's evaluating when to add more flights to China. Right now, the number of flights between the U.S. and China are capped at 12 per side per week. That's about 7 percent of the number of flights pre-pandemic. Some of China's neighbors are already on the move. Taiwan plans to start testing visitors from mainland China for the virus starting January. The new year is fast approaching and the island is expecting tens of thousands of mainland Chinese tourists. Further north, Japan says it will require all travelers from China to go through virus testing starting at the end of this month. 
Those who test positive must quarantine for seven days. Japan is also limiting flights to and from China. South Korea is expected to announce new measures for Chinese travelers this Friday, while India is already testing travelers from nations including China. It's also bracing for a new wave of virus cases. Hospitals across India are doing drills to prepare for possible scenarios. In Europe, Italy is testing all Chinese travelers for the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. That's after it found half of the passengers on two flights to Milan were infected. Italy is also performing virus sequencing to check for possible new variants. Health officials say they may impose stricter rules if a new strain is found. In Germany, a politician is calling for the suspension of flights between China and the European Union. Now, Hong Kong is asking Japan to withdraw its COVID-19 restriction from travelers from the island. Passenger flights from the financial hub are only allowed to land at four designated airports. The decision comes during a peak travel season ahead of the Lunar New Year holiday. Hong Kong officials say the restrictions are unreasonable and will affect about 60,000 passengers. Hong Kong is recording around 20,000 coronavirus cases a day. It lifted its COVID restrictions today for the first time in three years. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky held a video conference yesterday with BlackRock CEO Larry Fink. BlackRock is one of the world's leading investment managers. The New York-based BlackRock manages client assets worth about $8 trillion. President Zelensky's website reported that BlackRock has been working on a project to advise the Ukrainian government on how to structure Ukraine's rebuilding funds. BlackRock leaders plan to visit Ukraine in the new year. Zelensky also said that Ukraine would participate in next year's World Economic Fund Summit in Switzerland. The Washington Examiner reported that both BlackRock and the World Economic Fund are controversial due to pushing environmental, social and governance practices known as ESG. Elon Musk announced a new Twitter policy yesterday. The new guidelines are to follow the science. Musk wrote that part of the process is the recent questioning of the science. Entities Daniel Monahan has this story. The Greek Euripides said question everything, but the old Twitter policy could better be described as question everything that conflicts with official government positions. That is, at least according to David Zweig's latest COVID-themed Twitter files. Zweig wrote that Twitter did suppress views, many from doctors and scientific experts that conflicted with the official positions of the White House. As a result, legitimate findings and questions that would have expanded the public debate went missing. He says the accounts of doctors and others were suspended or shadow banned for tweeting opinions and demonstrably true information. The following are some examples. Stanford's Dr. Jay Bhattacharya argued that COVID lockdowns would harm children. He said that places that avoided lockdowns had better results. Places that have followed such a strategy, Florida, uh, Sweden, other places around the world, have done much better in terms of overall health outcomes. That got him on a trends blacklist that prevented his tweets from trending. Harvard epidemiologist Martin Koldorf tweeted that, quote, thinking that everyone must be vaccinated is as scientifically flawed as thinking no one should. Those with prior natural infection don't need it, nor children. Koldorf's tweet was hit with a misleading label and all replies and likes were shut off. 
American cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough, formerly vice chief of internal medicine at Baylor University Medical Center, saw his account banned for vocally warning people about the dangers of myocarditis in connection with COVID vaccines. And mRNA vaccine researcher Robert Malone's account was apparently suspended for challenging the effectiveness of the vaccines. Meanwhile, Musk tweeted yesterday that anyone who says that questioning them is questioning science itself cannot be regarded as a scientist. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly signed an executive order Wednesday. The directive bans the social media platform TikTok from all state-owned devices. Kansas joins at least seven other states that want to bar the China-owned app from government electronics over privacy concerns. Governor Kelly accused TikTok of mining user data and potentially making it available to the Chinese regime. Kansas government entities will have 30 days to implement changes before TikTok is blocked. The Trump administration threatened to ban TikTok over national security concerns in 2020. Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin says he's been diagnosed with cancer. He released the news in a statement yesterday. The Maryland representative says it's a type of lymphoma, which he says is serious but curable. He says chemotherapy treatments are scheduled to begin this week, but he expects to continue working. The congressman says he's been advised the treatment will cause hair loss and weight gain, but joked that he's still holding out hope for the kind that causes hair gain and weight loss. Raskin oversaw the second impeachment of former President Trump. He also served on the January 6th committee. Coming up, a record number of illegal border crossings in the U.S. and a growing network of corruption preying on migrants as they try to cross Mexico. And an Ontario town has been fully crystallized in ice following last weekend's blizzard that hit Canada and the U.S. We'll have these stories for you after the break. Welcome back. Surging numbers of migrants are trying to cross through Mexico to get to the U.S. Along the way, many are taking advantage of their situation. A sprawling network of lawyers, fixers and middlemen has taken root and they're looking to turn a profit. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the growing corruption. Where some see despair, others see opportunity. Legal papers, freedom from detention, transit permits, temporary visas. All are available for a price via the network. Mexico has long been plagued by drug cartels that make millions from smuggling migrants. Now lawyers, fixers and middlemen are also looking to get a percentage. Andre Ramirez, chief of the Mexican Commission for Refugee Aid, says corrupt practices such as selling documents have been on the rise since last year. It is a miserable thing to do as far as we are concerned. Because how is it possible that the people who are in need of international protection suffer at the hands of officials, of the body that is in charge of their protection? When Mexico's president took office in 2018, he said fighting corruption was a top priority and declared the National Immigration Institute as one of the country's most corrupt institutions. Yet only a small percent of internal investigations have even made it to the prosecutor's office, about one in every 1,000. This corruption is unbelievable, and I have had talks with people who are experts in migration, and they tell me that this is never going to end, because many, many high officials are involved. 
Lawyers and brokers advertise prices for various safe passage papers through social media. Options range from $250 for transit to $1,100 for humanitarian visas for temporary legal stays in Mexico. Immigration officials are being accused of colluding with law firms. One such firm advertises on large signs outside its local immigration detention center. We are neither profiting nor stealing, nor doing anything outside the framework of the law. Working and working well does not imply doing something illegal. The firms allegedly get privileged access to migrant detention centers and to lists of those recently detained before they arrive, so they can offer their services as the only alternative. They asked for money at the migration detention center. First, you have to give the lawyers $150 to $500 to get you out of here. If not, they tell you they are going to deport you back to your country. They are colluding with the immigration authorities. In fiscal year 2022, U.S. authorities arrested nearly 2.4 million people trying to cross the border illegally. That's up 37% from the year before. The annual total is more than twice the highest level recorded during former President Trump's time in office. The Trump-era policy, Title 42, was set to end this month, but will remain for now. But many migrants had already set out with news that Title 42 would end. I endured cold and hunger and now will end up taking the illegal routes through the narrow paths. The record number of illegal border crossings is wreaking havoc on the system. In El Paso, Texas, a new processing center is being built. Officials say it will increase capacity by about 1,000 people. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Over 1,000 illegal immigrants have been transported to San Diego County, California in the past week. NTD's David Lamb heard from a county supervisor who says the influx of migrants is unsustainable for the county. San Diego County is at full capacity with the influx of migrants at its shelter and transit centers, and officials are demanding for federal government assistance. Well, unfortunately, two days before Christmas, my office was notified uh, via the Border Patrol that they were going to be dropping off asylum seekers uh, in San Diego County, approximately 200 of them, uh, at different transit stations. San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond told NCD that the shelters in the county are filled up. When the Border Patrol buses people in from Texas or Arizona, they have to release the migrants because they can only hold people for so long. I asked a few questions like, well, are you providing them with tickets? Are you providing them with money, any assistance or guidance on how to even use the system or get to where they want to go? And the answer was no, 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 and no. So basically, they were just dropping them off. They said in a safe manner, which was nice, but it would have been nice if they had some sort of guidance as well. Supervisor Desmond said this continued for at least four days so far, with over a thousand migrants and asylum seekers dropped off. We have 600 beds, so we have been working on this issue, but right now we're inundated. I think the federal government really needs to step up and provide either housing or some sort of guidance resources at these transit stations to help these people get, get on their way. And it's not just people from Mexico. We also see people from Haiti, from Colombia, from you know South America, Central America, from China, uh, all, all Ukraine as well, all coming across the border. And, and Desmond believes his county will be at full capacity for many days to come. His solution is to secure the border and receive federal support, criticizing the Biden administration.
The supervisor has been trying to bring awareness to the situation at the border. David Lamb, NTD News, California. A historic blizzard that hit the U.S. and Canada over the Christmas weekend brought strong winds and heavy snowfall, turning a town in Ontario into a fairy tale ice town. Drone footage shows a row of houses in Ontario's Fort Erie town fully crystallized in ice on Tuesday. A state of emergency was declared on Saturday in Canada's Niagara region, which includes Fort Erie, Crystal Beach, Fort Colborne and Waynefleet. Western New York was hit hardest by an Arctic deep freeze. The blizzard extended over most of the United States for days as far south as the Mexican border. At least 60 people died as a result of the winter weather across the U.S. Firefighters in Indiana responded to an unusual call on Monday. Some concerned residents called the Department of Natural Resources about a goose stuck in frozen sand along the shores of Lake Michigan. The firefighters were able to free the trapped bird. It was then taken to a wildlife rehabilitation and veterinary facility. The goose is now finally loose and is recovering. And next, we spoke to a decluttering specialist on how to make things easier for us and where the dead spaces that almost everyone overlooks. And hundreds of people gather at Times Square to send off 2022 by saying good riddance to things they want to change in the new year. Coming up in just a moment. Good to have you back. A cluttered house can weigh on you and lead to a cluttered mind. So if decluttering is on your list of New Year's resolutions, you may be interested to hear what this decluttering specialist had to say. Take a look. Joining me now is Ryan Talk. She's the founder of Simply Lux Organizing. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Evelyn. So it's hard sometimes to find motivation to work through the clutter. That's why I'm really glad to have you on today. Do you have any hacks that will make life easier? Maybe just speed things up a little bit. So it is a timely process. So one of my biggest hacks is doing the Pomodoro technique. Set a timer for 20 minutes. Only work in that 20 minutes. Otherwise, sometimes it can feel very daunting and you start going down that rabbit hole. You're trying on all your clothes. You know, now you've made a bigger mess. Sticking to that 20 minutes is really the key so that you stay focused on whatever task is at hand. That's interesting. Can you go in a little bit more detail? Is What is a Pomodoro? Is that it? It, it is, yeah. It's really taking bite-sized chunks of a big project. So a lot of times, a lot of people minimize how much time a project is really going to take you. So this behind me is my like makeshift closet. This probably is a good, I would say, at least 32 hours of different parts of it, either planning, execution, building it, the wallpaper ordering, all the little bits. So that can be very daunting so people don't start the project. So it's really taking bite-sized chunks so that you actually get it done. You can apply it to anything, but it really works really, really well with organizing. Mm. So what is your process like? I just heard you plan some things. I, I honestly just go ahead and just start doing things and see where it takes me. Is that the right way to go? So either way, right? Maybe you have that momentum, you have that energy that's exciting in the moment. So go with it, right? I always say, trust your gut, go with it. Um, if you're a planner or if you have time to plan, that can help too. This was a bigger project. This in was installing a system. Um, 
So that kind of takes, you know, a little more planning. But yeah, if you have the energy and the gusto, go for it. We're all tired during, you know, December and that kind of thing. So it's hard to find that energy sometimes. We've got a lot going on. So if you've got it, I say go with it. But try to stick to that 20 minutes because, you know, once if you go over it, you're usually really tired. Or if you go under it, you're not going to feel like you really made a dent on something. Mm. And any suggestions on how after you decluttered everything, how to keep it organized and tidy for as long as possible? Label. Label, label, label. So labels really train your brain. And, you know, we all share our space with somebody usually or somebody's visiting a lot or you have somebody helping clean, something to that nature. So labels are the communication tool on where your stuff goes. So let's say you're the tidy one, your husband isn't, and it's telling your husband, hey, you can't put your keys right here. It says this is where the hats go. You can't put you know, your papers here. This is where it says the mail goes. So it really is that communicating factor in keeping it tidy that everybody has on the same, you know, they're all on the same level then. Mm, all right. And do you have any favorite hacks that you can share or maybe products you know that help you that is your go-to thing um, when you organize somebody's home my go-to I have a ton of them <laughs> so we'd be here all day but um over the door organizers to be honest a lot of people don't utilize that space and it just becomes dead space when you could be going vertical using that space anything our over the door has four different purposes and then during the holiday season it turns into a wrapping paper station because you can just adjust it so it's a really 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 that untapped space um that everybody has right we all have all of a sudden when you're like oh behind the door i'm like i have eight doors that's so much storage that's not being used you're right. Yeah, I think I will go home and take another look at it, that too, for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan Toft. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you, Evelyn. Bye. Times Square in New York City saw hundreds of people line up yesterday to say good riddance to 2022. The annual event was hosted by Neighborhood Business Association, the Times Square Alliance. You got it! Yes! Congratulations! Participants were asked to write down all the things they want to get rid of in the new year, tear the pages up, and then complete an obstacle course. It's been described as a good way to be mindful about what to let go of. For some, this means feeling less self-conscious and living life to the fullest. For others, it means getting rid of an object that represents pain they went through. So in 2023, I'm trying to get rid of a lot of doubt that I had in 2022. Um, I just want to enjoy life more, have more experiences, take a dance class without worrying if I'm going to be like Beyonce and be amazing and just have fun at it. This was my cancer mask that I had to wear going through radiation and chemo. And I thought we were going to bash it with a sledgehammer or put it in a fire pit, but it doesn't seem to be. But we're still going to get rid of it. Wow, that certainly is a unique way to embrace positive change. It is, it is. Do you have anything that you want to say good riddance to? Well, you know, I choose to look at it more like keeping all the positive things that 2022 brought me and expanding on them into the new year. Okay, I like that. That's a paradigm shift, but I like it. And uh, do you have any examples? Like, what is one thing? Well, one thing is, like, I learned a small, I learned a, relearned a song on classical guitar this year, and next year I want to be able to play it better. That would, you know, that way I can, uh, you know, just improve a little bit as we go. What about you? Are you looking forward to anything next year? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a bunch of plans for next year. Just 
as usual, to see a bit more of the world. And speaking about instruments, I got a new piano, so deepening skills there too, probably. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, let us know what you're looking forward to at goodmorning@ntd.com. I'm Evelyn Lee. That's Kevin Hogan. We'll be ending the program here. Thanks for watching and see you tomorrow.